out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back behind the old microphone. The old bullpen. Don't hate me. Okay. What's <laughs> happening, paper people? It's Dan and Rob back with you again. What's up, what's up? Today we're covering season two, episode 14 of The Office, titled The Carpet. How you doing, Dan? I'm good. And once again, because this is our second take after technical difficulties, you forgot the most important thing to mention. It's the 20th episode overall, Rob. Oh, I was going to get there. Well, I beat you to the punch. You beat me to the punch. Yeah. Number 20. Bullpen's not as relaxed as you remember it. You're Man. years away. We can almost uh, drink if we were a human being. Because we're 20 weeks old? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's how it works, Rob. Every episode we do feels like a whole year Thank in God between. You and Carrie don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so what's up, buddy? Oh, uh, you know, just doing my thing. Yeah? Yeah. Wish I had something more to say right now. It's, I'm drawing a blank. We just but saw John Wick 3 yesterday. We did. That was amazing. Super fun. Yeah. That was, so I guess that's it. I was talking to some guys at work today who had never seen any movies in that series what and i'm like man how have you guys been sleeping on john wick it's like yeah the best shoot 'em up beat 'em up kung fu fighting movies around these days yeah i mean i'm not even like into those as a genre for the most part but i would i'll see as many of the john wick movies as they make if there's a 70 year old keanu reeves <laughs> coming out in a wheelchair with liver spots on his hands, yeah, beating up people with a cane. I will watch that. <laughs> Clint Eastwood style. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. <laughs> and from all accounts of the way every movie ends, it seems like they could do it. I mean, when will there never not be the next level for him to be like, okay, now I'm against all these people. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Seemingly, it's endless. Yeah. I mean, this episode was just the Moe's Bouche. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you haven't seen any of the John Wicks and you like a good uh, shoot 'em up kind of movie, you got to do it. Yep, good stuff. You got to catch up on those. Mm-hmm. He's no Michael Scarn, but no, he's a close second. Indeed. Yeah. All right, let's get into some news, shall we? Let's do it. All right, big news week. Well, paper people, it is officially and painfully official. The Office is leaving Netflix. In it's 18 true. months, mm-hmm. I believe as of January 1st, 2021, you will no longer be able to hang out with your favorite Dunder Mifflinites on Netflix. If you are interested in continuing hanging out with these people that we know and love so much, you can do so on NBCU, their internet streaming platform. Uh, apparently, it's going to be $12 per month or $144 per year. Wow. Yeah. That's expensive. It's worth it doing it for the year, you know? How much money is that off? 
It's the any? same. No, okay. it's no money off. <laughs> Literally $12 a month, no matter how you decide to go about it. Are we getting paid for them by talking about this? Are we getting free subscriptions or something at least? Well, just wait. I'm about to uh, explain why, if you're only subscribing to NBCU for The Office, why that's a bad idea. Okay, let's hear it. So, NBCU will be streaming commercials intermittently throughout the stream. What? So you're going to be getting commercials for $12 a month at the regularly scheduled commercial breaks throughout an episode. Let's just shut this podcast down right now. Yeah. If that sounds as awful to you as it does to us, you can always purchase the series through the Apple TV app or Amazon for half the price of a single-year subscription to NBCU, and you won't get commercials. So... There's your or buy the Blu-rays. Your I guess. alternative. That's a thing. You could buy the Blu-rays. Or on iTunes, they sell them on iTunes. Well, here's the thing: iTunes is no more. iTunes is no more. iTunes is breaking up into Apple what? Music, Apple TV, Apple Movies, and Apple Podcasts. That makes sense of the Apple Podcast branding that exactly. seemingly came out of nowhere and then right. just took over. So they're iTunes. they're splitting up all of that stuff. Ah, yeah. So will it be available on Apple TV? Well, that's what I said. Oh, yeah. Okay. Through the Apple TV app or Amazon. Oh, right. I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. If you're in the middle of an office watch-through and you haven't finished yet, you've got 18 months. Now's the time. Pressure's on. Clock is ticking. So we've got to finish this whole podcast in 18, 18 months. 18 months. We'd, we'd have to start doubling up on episodes. I mean, does that come out, too? Yeah. Yeah, we would. I mean, it's, I don't know how you feel about it, but I feel like once Steve Carell leaves the show, might not be, we might not miss out on so much if we do it that way. But we'll see when Wait, we get there. What do you there. mean? Doubling up two, oh, ep- two episodes. Okay. I missed it. I thought you were saying that we'll just stop the podcast no. once he leaves the show. I was going to say, what no. are you talking about, Rob? No. That's, that would be against our mission statement. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're doing the whole series. But, you know, some of those seasons, it's like, yeah, are we really going to be leaving out much if we do two episodes per episode of our show? How dare you, We'll see. We'll feel it out. You are gross. We'll feel it out. (laughs) Rob, you ignorant slut. Oh. (laughs) So, yeah, I also have another piece of news. And this one's a lot more fun than the last one. It is. Although it's as a direct result of the last one. Oh, is it? Yeah, I think so. No. It's a direct it's a direct result of the crew of It's Always Sunny filming in front of the old office building and then Rob McElhaney got on Twitter and joked oh. that they should do a crossover episode slash office reunion through It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. This is what I get for only reading half a headline and none of an article. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you know, some of the best internet arguments I've had or as a result of me reading half an headline and no, none of an article. So I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right. Well. I'm just kidding. Rob McElhaney and Steve Carell have been trading tweets about uh, a potential office reunion taking place on the new season of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Well, that's great. Yeah, I don't think it's really going to happen. I think, you know, Rob McElhaney was just making a joke about doing that because they were filming in front of the old building Mm -hmm. and i don't know we'll see i mean we keep getting these little like leaks and drips about 
a reunion of sorts. I'm not saying it's going to happen on It's Always Sunny, but it seems like a lot of people from the show, a lot of the cast, does want to make some some kind of reunion happen. I wonder if the reason they were filming in front of the building is that they're doing some kind of a nod to The Office in the newest season of Always Sunny, like they did with Seinfeld last season. Yeah, it's possible. Honestly, I haven't watched It's Always Sunny for like three seasons. What? Yeah, I know. All right, after this, you need to remember to <laughs> not like watch the whole season or anything, but at least to pull up the Seinfeld. Well, no, I, I intend. They did on YouTube. I mean, it's like two minutes long. It's It doesn't oh, okay. have I f- anything to do with the rest of the episode. I fully intend to catch up on the whole okay. series. I love that show. Yeah, it's been great. But I, I feel how it can be one of those things that kind of falls off the radar. It's been going for a very long time, too. Yeah. It's like Simpsons or Family Guy at this point or South Park where yeah, who knows how many seasons any of them have gone. Yeah, I think More it was. Than 20 for it, each. It was when Dennis departed that I, I haven't watched any episodes since then. Oh, I mean, that was, oh, so you're only like one season behind. Oh, really? See, I don't even know. I, mean, yeah. I, I felt like that was years ago, though. There was a gap. There was at least a uh, two or three year gap between seasons. But yeah, okay. so he departs the show, and then two episodes into the next season, after he left, he just came back with little to no explanation, and him being like, yeah, maybe I'll stick around, maybe I won't, and then he just never left. Oh, nice. He's there for the entire season. Yeah, I think there's literally one episode that he's not in the show. All right, then. Yeah. So That's great. Yeah. I love it. It's like if Michael Scott, you know, did his whole, I'm leaving, I'm moving to Colorado. (laughs) And then uh, the next season starts and he's just there. (laughs) Yeah, you know, Holly and I just didn't work out. Didn't work out. (laughs) Whole big thing. Let's not even go into it. Holly's kind of a bitch. Oh! (laughs) No, she's not. How dare you, sir. I can't think of a single moment in the series where Holly would earn that title. No, yeah. neither. She's just she's got a heart of gold, that Holly. Well, she does uh, think Kevin is mentally challenged, which is very <laughs> offensive. <laughs> but she, I don't know if that's offensive to Kevin or to mentally challenged people. Though, in her ultimately. defense, someone kind of led her to believe that. That's true. Yeah. And it's Kevin. She didn't make that assumption on her own accord. Yeah. All right. That being said, you ready to dive into the carpet? Let's dive into this thing. Well, I meant the actual carpet. That you're oh. Wearing. Let's dive into the carpet. Like, do you have it here? I mean, your foot is on it. Oh. Did you did you poop on it? <laughs> no. All right. Here <laughs> we go. God. <laughs> Season two, episode 14, The Carpet. Aired on January 26th, 2006. Viewed by 8.6 million people. Or rather, viewed on 8.6 million TV sets. Hmm. Could be more people. You know, I wonder how many, how consistent the viewership numbers are going to grow or wane or hold, considering The Office really became popular on the cusp of streaming television taking off. So the live viewership numbers might not be that representative of how many people are actually even watching it at this point. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Yeah. This episode was written by Paul Lieberstein and directed by Victor Nelly Jr. It's a great name. It is. Victor Nelly Jr. BNJ. He is an American TV producer and director. He's an L.A. native who got his start as a cinematographer on Mr. Show with Bob and David, and Real World House of Style. 
Wow. Yeah. Half that sentence. The other half I have no frame of reference I for. No idea either. But one day I'll check out Mr. Show. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he made his directorial debut on an episode of the Bernie Mac show. Oh, wow. Which was produced by Greg Daniels. And right. he went on to direct episodes of Scrubs, the American version of Wilfred, huh. Community, Gilmore Girls, Ugly Betty, My Name is Earl, Once Upon a Time, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Goldbergs, Blackish, and he's done something like eight episodes of Superstore. Wow. He also executive produced and occasionally directed episodes of Outsourced, an NBC comedy. And the way that the article talked about it, it might not be a show on NBC anymore. No, I think I heard about Outsourced. I believe it's about an Indian call center, perhaps. And I heard it was pretty good. But yeah. It would be worth checking out at some point. Yeah. It looks like he also directed episodes of Blackish. That's cool. I said that. Oh. <laughs> Whoops. Dan's just not listening to me at all today, people. No, I'm really not. <laughs> All right. (laughs) Apparently. To the cold open. Yes. Jim is at his desk. He glances over at Ryan, who's filling in for Pam at her desk. What? (laughs) Ryan notices Jim looking and asks, what? Jim says, oh, nothing. Continues working. We get a talking head with Jim, explaining that Pam's on vacation and she gets back tomorrow. They set a date for the wedding. June. Summer. So that'll be nice. And that's that. Mm-hmm. Cut back to Jim at his desk. He glances over at Ryan again. Same exact exchange plays out. What? Oh, nothing. <laughs> we get a talking head with Ryan now, explaining that Jim's been looking at him kind of a lot all week. And he would be creeped out, but it's nothing compared to the way that Michael looks at him. <laughs> and we, get, we see the camera on Ryan at reception. And he's typing, and all of a sudden, he, like, feels somebody watching him. And he, like, kind of, like, looks up and looks over at Michael. And Michael is staring at him through the blinds in his office. And what struck me was that Ryan makes direct eye contact with Michael. And Michael doesn't even flinch. He just continues just, like, staring like laser beam eyes at Ryan. It's an intense expression on his face. It's not <laughs> really even one of love is. or longing or like it. It's kind of the look <laughs> that I feel like somebody who's contemplating murdering someone yeah. would be giving them. Very serious, like very really focused, contemplating it. Yeah. Very intense. And it's not <laughs> until that Michael realizes that the camera is directly on him that he like tries to act casual and Mm-hmm. Like like he's just looking around the whole office, and then he casually saunters back to his desk, like it was nothing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's a good cold open. So after the opening credits, we see Michael walk into the office, and Pam's back at her desk. Hey, it's Pamster. <laughs> Pam kind of breaks it down. She's like, so Pam plus Pam plus. Michael says hamster. (laughs) He asks her how the vacation was. She says, great. And Michael asks, did you get lucky? Oops. (laughs) Boink. (laughs) Also on vacation with her fiance. Right. So (laughs) 
Uh, we get a talking head with Pam explaining that she took a vacation in the Poconos. She tries to hold off taking her 10 vacation days a year as long as possible. And she made it to the third week in January this year. <laughs> Back at her desk, Pam hands Michael a message. And Michael says, I am Pam. <laughs> and then says, Spicoli guy. <laughs> and he's referring to Sean Penn, who starred in the movie I Am Sam, about a mentally, mentally challenged. challenged father who's trying to hold down a job and take care of his daughter the best he can so she's not absorbed into the system, so to speak. You ever see that movie? Yeah. It was good? Cried real hard. Really? Oh, my God. Wow. I mean, I guess considering the subject matter, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're... I, I won't get that into it, but essentially it's Sean Penn, who's mentally challenged, who's trying his very, very hardest to overcome his shortcomings. And right, it's very hard to watch. I was really emotional Mr. Show skit about that, too. <laughs> I wasn't very emotional. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> My shoes hurt. <laughs> and uh, Spicoli, I forget the character's first name, but he played... Spicoli and Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Did the character was, have a first name? Yeah, they. I read it in the uh, Wikipedia article, but I can't remember. It's I like James. Everybody called him Spicoli. It, yeah, yeah, it's so just it Spicoli. Yeah. yeah, he was like the stoner skater, loudmouth, smartass guy, and and orders class. pizza to class. That's right. Yeah. So as Michael is reading the message that Pam handed to him, uh, he's walking into his office and. As soon as he opens the door and takes a couple steps in, he realizes something's a little off. <laughs> and we have a clip. Oh, God. Means numbers. Okay. Whoa, God. Yuck. 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 What? Yuck. Wow. What happened in there? I don't know. There is stink in there. My God. What? It, what is that? Oh, I don't know. Is that a bird? No, I don't think it's a bird. Oh, God. How could that happen? How could... Right in the middle of the carpet. What's going on? Um, somebody vomited right in the middle of the carpet in my office. I don't think that's vomit. Check it out. Me? Check it out. Don't be a wuss. Just get... No, I'm holding your coffee. Tell me what it is. Oh, that's rude. What is it? What is it? No, just tell me what it is. Michael, I, I, I gotta get out of here. I can't hold my breath that long. Open the door up. It smelled terrible. Oh. Oh, oh. no. Mm -mm. No. Mm -mm. Oh, I cannot believe a pipe burst and left that there. There's no burst pipe. How do you know that? What is it then? Hey, guys. Somebody making soup? <laughs> i love the look that michael gives him after immediately after he says that <laughs> yeah. what the hell is wrong with you <laughs> so yeah i know we talked about this earlier uh well just me and you but mm -hmm. uh yeah unbeknownst to the rest of the cast uh steve carell had thrown a stink bong into the office right before they shot that scene yeah that's which awesome. makes it horrible for kevin for Brian, rather. Yeah, no kidding. You know, I'm not talking about the character anymore. The real human. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> and he just traps him in there. Is there a specific stink bomb smell? I can't even... Have you never I guess been not. around a stink bomb that's gone off? 
I, I maybe not. It's a very specific smell. Not I'm, really. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but uh, having recently experienced a battery failure in a car mm-hmm. that accompanied like an odor with minor leakage to let you know that something's wrong. It's apparently the battery doesn't have its own smell, but they add these noxious chemicals so that you can smell if there's a leak. Interesting. I, if I had to guess from being around stink bombs, I think it might be the same kind of thing. And it's basically just like rotten sulfur, but a very, very magnified version of that. So if you're anywhere within 20 feet of this thing, it is very overwhelming and horrible. Okay. I feel like somebody in my middle school bought stink bombs and was chucking them around at recess one day, and it was the worst. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you mentioned that. Uh, I was in high school, and a friend of mine had just gone to the Army-Navy surplus store Uh and decided to buy some tear gas, like a a tear gas canister. So you could use it as mace, but it was really like essentially tear gas. I'm surprised they... Or down to sell that to a high school kid. I think this was uh, our senior year, so he was eighteen. Okay, yeah. fair enough. What are you gonna do? And just to like try it out, he literally went just like, just like that, like at the floor in in the classroom. Uh huh. And literally twenty minutes later, everybody on that side of the room was going like. <coughs> <laughs> And, like, people were, like, rubbing their eyes, and everyone's eyes started getting red. Oh, wow. And the teacher was just like, I don't know what's happening, but we need to leave this room. Something's, yeah. something's going on. We're going to finish this class outside. So we ended up all sitting in the hall outside finishing this lesson. I mean, no one ever. I was the only one who knew that he sprayed it. I guess because he told you. Right. Yeah. And, uh. What if he had kept on just spritzing the tiniest little amount wherever the teacher took your class? Just now the hallway. <laughs> Something weird. We need to go to this hallway. <laughs> he just follows the teacher home. He just yeah, stops right. this person and torments them with tiny little spritzes of tear, <laughs> tear gas, gas for the rest of their life. Yeah. It's diabolical. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. All right, moving on. Oh, well, before we move on, I oh. also want to bring up uh, more related to the office than anecdotes about our lives. Um, yes. I love that when Michael sends Kevin into his office, Kevin tries to give him his coffee mug to hold before he goes in there, as if he's going into the bathroom holding a beverage. Oh, and Michael turns, says no, says he refuses to take it. And just don't be a wuss. Just go in there. And then the second Kevin gets a closer look at the carpet. The first thing he does is he just puts down his coffee mug on Michael's shelf before pounding on the door. He just decides to abandon it. It's done. <laughs> that's funny. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that's before he tries to get out. He just discards the coffee mug. That's, that's hilarious. That's the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I probably would, too. I yeah, guess. no, 100%. I mean, it's essentially would be like taking your beverage into the bathroom. It's disgusting. You know what's interesting is uh, <laughs> we actually see somebody take their beverage into the bathroom this episode. Do we? Oh, you're right. We do. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But we're not there yet. No. So from here, we cut to the cleaning lady finishing up Michael's office. Michael asks if it's all clean, and he proceeds to walk into his office with Dwight. After a single second, they turn right back around. Still stinky. Yeah, still stinky. 
Dwight hypothesizes that she had just scrubbed whatever was there into the fibers of the carpet. Total permeation. Total permeation. (laughs) I love Dwight. Oh, that's so good. Uh, We get a talking head with Michael, sitting in his office, explaining that he's a big Fear Factor fan. Really just a fan of Joe Rogan in general, anything he does. Yep. And that this should be considered his audition tape. (laughs) And literally seconds later, as he's struggling to breathe in his office, he says, the smell overcomes him, and he leaves. And we see the camera zoom out, and the camera... (laughs) had been sitting on the opposite side of the glass yeah. to do the talking head with Michael. I thought that was a really funny detail that I never caught before. So I read that the reason for that was because of said stink bomb that Steve Carell threw in real life into the office that the camera person refused to be in the room with it before the smell dissipated. And that Steve Carell, the talking head, was actually supposed to go on longer, but he cut it off for real because he, he couldn't, couldn't tolerate handle being it. around it anymore. That's amazing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut to Pam at her desk, and Jim finally arrives to work. Probably late, because everybody seems like they're there already. I made a mention of that in my notes, too. It seems like every now and again, for yeah. dramatic and script effects, one or two random characters show up way later than the rest of right. everybody else. Jim gives her a warm welcome, like, hey, welcome back. Asks how the trip was and if she skied a lot. Pam replies, a little. And Jim doesn't really know how to take that mm-hmm. at first, but he says, good. And he looks over and sees Daryl and Roy moving out Michael's furniture from his office. And he asks, what's going on? And the camera gets in his face, seeming to imply that maybe he's the one responsible. Oh, I didn't think about that. Oh, that yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, we get a talking head with Jim. And I kind of cut together all of the clips of people, of the talking heads of people talking about what happened in Michael's office and denying responsibility. Right. So here we go. All right. What? I did not do that. That sounds disgusting. <laughs> it wasn't me. Um, it wasn't me. It was not me. What happened in Michael's office was wrong. I understand it. It makes sense. (laughs) But But it was still wrong. Somebody did something bad to Michael's carpet. Maybe that's all we need to know. (laughs) (laughs) So people think it's funny. But they definitely want to make sure that they appear innocent on camera. Yeah. Yeah. And as far as we know, they are all innocent. (laughs) Well, yeah. But yeah, I mean, no need to implicate yourself in a crime you didn't commit. Exactly. I love Oscar's laugh. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He seems very amused by this. Mm -hmm. And it's one of the maybe... Five times at the most that Oscar genuinely laughs at anything in the entire series, it seems like. Mm, True. He's not generally genuinely amused. No. It takes a lot to make him laugh. Mm -hmm. So we cut back to Pam's desk, where we left off with Jim. Roy is walking back into Michael's office to grab more furniture, and he removes the bandana from his that's covering his mouth and nose, and mouths to Pam, Help! 
Mm-hmm. Pam gets a good giggle out of it. Jim kind of sees this all go down, and he's a little uncomfortable with it. But, you know, that's kind of always how he is whenever Pam and Roy have a positive interaction. I mean, also, besides that, just on a purely physical level, he's standing right next to the open door. Yeah. So I'm sure he's also smelling it where he's standing. Well, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just uncomfortable at all levels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. (laughs) And then uh, he turns to go to his desk, settle in, and Michael's there. (laughs) He says, uh, hey, Jim, thought we could be desk buddies while they changed my carpet. Jim thinks this will be difficult, considering there's only one computer. But there's definitely a desk open in the annex. Michael's like, hmm, yeah. Doesn't really seem to want to accommodate Jim. Mm -hmm. And uh, Jim says, which I will be taking. Michael says, no, 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 seriously, I don't mind sharing. Jim says, no, no, seriously, I'll, I'll be in the back. So, like, during this entire interaction, Michael never really takes his eyes off of Jim's no. computer monitor. He's no. just perusing the internet. Very purposely trying yeah. to shut Jim out <laughs> from the desk. And also, worth mentioning, Pam looks uh, fairly distressed that Jim is now moving to the back. I feel like we get oh, a quick interesting shot of her just looking just like, kind oh, of upset. what's yeah. going on? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize that. I never, I never caught that. Yeah, and it makes sense. She just got back from vacation. It's the first oh, yeah. day. No, for sure. I get it. Yeah. I'm just, you know, Jim probably didn't see it because the entire time. No, he's... I don't think he was turned in her direction. Right. Yeah. So so we cut to Jim settling in at the desk in the annex that's directly behind Kelly. She asks if he's moving back here, and he explains, ah, it's just for the day while Michael's carpet's being replaced. Kelly says that Toby used to sit there, but he had to move because of an allergy. An allergy to the desk? <laughs> weird. weird. Well, just she says weird, yeah. not him. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh, okay. I was hoping you would do the weird, and then it would seem like two different people. I were... think I started to, but I, I did it too late. Yeah. Sorry, paper people. <laughs> really fucked that one up. <laughs> Didn't we, Rob? <laughs> and now we get a clip of, of Michael sitting at Jim's desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Old bullpen. <laughs> the old bullpen. Donate me. Okay. This is great. Yeah. The pressures of my office are insane. Mm. I just, you couldn't understand, but man, you guys have it easy out here. You know, I used to sit right here. No way. Yeah. And who had your office? Ed Truck. Ugh. Ed Truck was the manager before me. Horrible. He hated fun. It was like, oh, Ed Truck is walking toward us. Stop having fun. Start pretending to do work. What a jerk. He's. You know what? I swore to myself that if I ever got to walk around the room as manager, people would laugh when they saw me coming and would applaud as I walked away. (laughs) I love that line. (laughs) Such such classic Michael Scott. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I feel like half of that statement is at least mentally correct. I imagine most of his staff mentally applauds when he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> Not for the reasons that he intends. Right. That's a good point. For reasons nonetheless. <laughs> I love when he says, uh, 
Uh, he goes like, oh, you could, you would not understand the pressures of my office. You guys have it so easy out here. And Dwight kind of gives him a face like, no, <laughs> your job's kind of a joke. And we work really hard out here. <laughs> I mean, who, who would know better besides Dwight, who Michael shuffles every aspect of his job that he doesn't care to do, which seems to be most of them onto. <laughs> so true. <laughs> uh, so we cut back to Jim and Kelly. Kelly's explaining that. Her closet won't shut because the hangers are too big. Why didn't the closet engineer consider the size of the hangers before building the closet? Aren't all hangers like that big? So now she takes her clothes and puts them in piles on the floor and she walks around the piles to get an outfit. And as she's saying all this, Jim kind of like looks up at the camera, just like, please, God, help me. She also, I feel like it's worth mentioning, says them at like three times the speed that that I was just yeah, saying. I mean, oh, yeah. But, I mean, obviously, you know, it makes sense for you not to deliver it at her speed. <laughs> but I feel like the implication is that this is part of a much longer, oh, endless conversation right. that's been going on since Jim got back there. It's been nonstop. I also love, I'm just getting a bit ahead of ourselves, that, like, as the day progresses, I think at this point, Kelly is sitting in her chair, but it's, like, half turned around to Jim, who's just completely turned around from her. Yeah looking at his computer, typing on it, trying to ignore her, but she's just going nonstop. And by the end of the episode, she's just full-blown sitting on her desk facing Jim as she continues going on about whatever. <laughs> so true. <laughs> sitting in front of her computer. That's really funny. You you brought up the progression. I didn't think about that. But yeah, every time, like, it's almost like the, the more comfortable she gets talking to Jim, uh-huh. like the more directly she's addressing him. And it's just, yeah, the, the less she's doing any of her job. It's true. <laughs> it's probably a reason she's sitting back there by herself from a managerial standpoint. Well, she has a one person department. Oh, it's true. Yeah. But so is Meredith. So That's is Creed. <laughs> a lot of one person departments in this office. Yeah. Although it's not uncommon. No, I'd say if anything, the only uncommon thing is that the accounting department has three people three in people. it for an office that has 12 people in total. Very true. Yeah. So we go back to Michael and Dwight. He's continuing talking about the old days of Michael and the bullpen. He asks Dwight if he knows who used to sit at his desk. Dwight suggests Miles, who quit to start his own company. Nope. Nope. It was Todd Packer. I thought he was on the road. He was, but that desk was empty, so he'd come in and sit there sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I love how blown away Dwight also seems to be by this oh, yeah. revelation. is just fully feeding into <laughs> Michael. <laughs> well, Dwight is a little bit of a history buff. and That's true. He does sit at that desk every day, so, mm-hmm. you know, maybe there's something to that. When the first one of the first things he tries to stress to his employees when he is temporarily, well, he's not even manager. He temporarily thinks that he's manager. Yeah, is to uh, forget their personal business or personal history and learn the history of this company. So, right. <laughs> yep. I guess the uh, the placement of Todd Packer when he'd come in off the road sometimes is part of that. Yeah. Sure. Yep. <laughs> Mullet Michael. Oh yeah. I like that in the picture that uh, Michael has of him and Ed Truck, that in addition to his terrible mullet and that he's wearing a short sleeve collared shirt similar to Dwight, except a white one. Yeah. 
that the expression he's giving the camera is that he hates Ed Truck while Ed Truck is smiling and shaking his hand. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I always, I mean, it's funny. I, I never really thought much about it. I always thought that it was kind of just like Michael wasn't ready for the shot and was almost expressing anger towards the cameraman for just taking it. That could be. Yeah. Well, it just seemed posed. Well, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you can still not, you know, I don't know. I always took it as that Michael was the one that requested that photo, but his true feelings, you know, just came out. <laughs> true. He seems like the kind of person that likes to have pictures of himself with his superiors. Yeah. Like with him and David Wallace. You could really tell how okay he was with taking a picture with him. That's right. Even though he was there for disciplinary reasons. <laughs> Uh, did you see the headline on that paper they showed during that clip? Um, I did not know. So, uh, it was a uh, sales award of the year. Okay. Like that. Oh, so it was to Michael, I guess. Right. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. So that's why he was posing for the picture then. There you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know the body of the newsletter was pretty much the same as the other newsletter we saw at the right. news party. Yeah. We get a brief shot of Daryl and Roy. Ripping up Michael's carpet. And then we get a talking head with Michael. He's in the conference room. Explaining that when he was in training many years ago. Well, not so long ago. (laughs) He worked side by side with Todd Packer. And that together they rocked the office. As soon as he says that, Roy or Daryl hits the wall behind him really hard. And causes a a picture to fall. Mm -hmm. He continues that one day they spent the whole day with their pants off. And when people noticed, they convinced them that they were the crazy ones. Oh, boy. (laughs) We see Michael (laughs) walk up to Stanley, (laughs) who's on the phone. And Michael bends over and almost directly into the receiver part of the phone. Yes, right there. (laughs) I will gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. (laughs) Stanley puts his hand over the receiver and says, Excuse me, one second, please. What is it you need right now that can't wait until I'm off the phone with a customer? Ooh, a customer. <laughs> we'll sound the alarm. Sound the alarm. <laughs> <laughs> and he kind of like waits there with like an O face waiting for Stanley to respond. And Stanley just stares at him very nonplussed. Yep. <laughs> and then he slaps Stanley on the chest and just says. I nonplussed just irritated. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> very irritated. This is the second episode in a row where Michael's just like straight up interrupted Stanley in the middle of a sales call. Yeah. (laughs) This and peach iced tea. Oh, man. Oh, man. Uh, Michael continues with his talking head. He's explaining that another time Packer held a guy's head in the toilet for a minute. (laughs) The guy had no sense of humor about it. Probably why they didn't hire him. Yeah. At this point, he walks over to Creed and seemingly punches Creed's arm at like 75% strength. Yeah, that looked like a hard hit. It really did. And he says, oh, Charlie Horse. Oh, (laughs) Charlie Horse. (laughs) Why did you hit me, Michael? Charlie Horse. Shouldn't have hit me. (laughs) (laughs) Even uh, you see Brian in the background just like looking at Michael like, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, there's one thing if you run around annoying your employees with stupid jokes and phrases and puppets and magic tricks. It's another thing to just, if you have a boss that just walks around 
physically assaults you while you're working out of nowhere. That is like out and out assault. Yeah. And not to mention, Creed is an old man. You know, he's not some sales rep in his 30s. I think that's why Ryan was so just like (laughs) blown away. Just like. If anybody's going to get something broken by being spontaneously punched like that, it'd be Creed. Right. Maybe Phyllis. And uh, his talking head continues and he says, once is a joke. Packer banged every chick in the office. <laughs> it was hysterical. <laughs> we cut to Jim and Kelly again. Kelly is talking Jim's ear off still. And th- now it's about what she likes. And she says, Beyonce, pink the color, pink the person, pretty much everything that's awesome. Snow cones, hot dogs. <laughs> and Ryan interrupts, asking Jim... How he raises his desk chair on Michael's behalf. Jim informs him that it's the lever on the side. Ryan says, yeah, that's what I told him. Thanks. (laughs) Leaves. And Kelly this whole time just like has been frozen with her eyes Mm -hmm. super wide. Open mouth. Yeah. Like a deer in headlights at Ryan. And when Ryan leaves, uh, she starts telling Jim how cute she thinks Ryan is and she asks Jim if he can talk to him for her and see if he likes her. Jim is initially just like, ah, no, I don't, I don't think I can do that. What does he say? He's like, it doesn't sound like something <laughs> I'm, I'm going I'm, to do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Kelly starts to beg him, please, 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 Jim, please, please, please. Oh, he's so cute. I like him so much, but I'm too shy to talk to him. Please, 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 please. <laughs> and this entire time, Jim's just giving the camera a very unamused classic gym excuse plus walk away didn't work i think the reason is he didn't do the walk away part he didn't do the walk away but i feel like jim uh he does a lot of random weird little like "Eh, i'm not gonna do that see you later (laughs) yeah we can talk about that later maybe it wasn't dwight who messed up this photo maybe it was me i don't know i'll look into it merry merry (laughs) (laughs) that is a great gym moment uh Michael suggests to Dwight that they set up accounting, an old-fashioned raid. He tells <laughs> Dwight, just, just follow, follow my lead. They walk over to accounting and casually ask how they're doing. Like, oh, how are you guys doing over here? What's going on? Before anyone can really respond, Michael starts a battle cry <laughs> and starts throwing papers up into the air and tearing binders down off the shelves. And Dwight's following suit, and he's throwing folders onto the floor, and he gets to Angela's desk, and he's about to start messing her desk up, but Angela's just giving him a stern look and subtly shaking her head no. Dwight heeds her silent warning and simply pulls a pen out of her pencil cup and tosses it onto her desk. Very gently as well. Yeah. (laughs) Almost just took it out and put it down on her desk. Yeah, didn't, yeah. (laughs) Didn't do much of anything. (laughs) And uh, he runs over to Michael, who's now over at reception, doing a victory dance and very loudly (laughs) celebrating. And starts doing this dance in the style of Chris Tucker from Rush Hour. The whole side to side, (laughs) snapping fingers. Dwight does his best impression of that as well. (laughs) Dwight asks... Oh, should we should we help him pick the stuff up? And Michael's like, no, 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 no. We don't we don't do that. We don't do that. <laughs> and Michael says, uh, tells Pam, Pam, better watch out. You're next. 
You're going to throw my things on the ground? You're going to throw my things on the ground? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, From here, we get a talking head with Michael asking why someone would ruin perfectly good carpet. Could be out of hate. Could be out of love. Could be completely neutral. (laughs) Maybe somebody hates the cleaning lady. She obviously doesn't do a very good job. And I love the cut scene. They cut to the cleaning lady with like a a mask, like uh-huh. a, a nose and mouth mask on her face. And she looks just absolutely horrified oh, as she's yeah. scrubbing the floor. <laughs> Poor woman. Yeah. And Michael says, my office still reeks like you would not believe. I hate her. <laughs> I'm beginning to think that what happened to my carpet was an act of terrorism against the office. It's the only thing that makes sense. <laughs> and then we cut back to Michael and Dwight in the bullpen. Oh, I love this. We have a clip. <laughs> Hello, am I the 107th caller? Hello, Rock 107. Am I the 107th caller? Hello, Rock 107. Am I the 107th caller? I'm totally going to win us that box set. Stop. Stop it. Stop it. Don't. Don't. I need to make a sales call. Please. All right. Am I the hundred and seventh caller? <laughs> I love how intensely Michael Michael just puts his head, mm-hmm. puts his chin in his hand, and just intensely stares at Dwight as he's making his quote unquote sales call. And then I like how when Dwight very audibly whispers, "Am I the hundred seventh caller?" He just Throws his hands yeah. and his head up in disgust and defeat and just goes back to Jim's computer. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Jim getting some coffee in the break room. He looks out at the bullpen and notices Roy is at Pam's desk making her laugh. They're planning another getaway quietly. We only You only just barely audibly hear that. I didn't even catch that. Yeah. Because uh, you picking up stuff with your fancy sound system. That's that right. Get. Yeah. My little sound bar. I got nothing. (laughs) Uh, To avoid this disturbing spectacle, he turns to go back into the annex. And there he sees Kelly talking Toby's ear off. (laughs) And wishing to avoid this as well, his only other option is the bathroom. So Jim takes his coffee and proceeds into the men's room. Yep. There you go. There you go. Not as fastidious as Kevin, somehow. Well, no, I guess you're right. I'm gonna say for some reason I remember Kevin having food in the bathroom at one point, but I don't. Uh, yeah, no. yeah, I don't think so. I remember him having a candle. That's the only thing I can right. think of, Kevin. After he got yeah. the smelliest bowel movement, Dundee, and when Dwight's desk is moved in there because of Jim, right? So Michael walks back up to accounting and says hi, guys, and Angela quickly explains that. They still haven't gotten things back in order since his last visit. And Michael says, oh, I was just messing around. And Oscar's like, we're really swamped over here, Michael. 
Michael gets defensive and says, oh, and I'm not? Why would you say that? Because I'm having fun? You guys are just working for the weekend, aren't you? Well, I'm working for the week. (laughs) Sales team, listen to me. This is what we're going to do. I'm going to up the ante a little bit, literally. On this plaque, I'm going to place a crisp $100 bill. (laughs) The person with the most sales at the end of the day gets to keep the cash. Sound good? Dwight fist pumps and says, yeah! (laughs) Classic Dwight. In classic Dwight fashion. Michael counts out his cash and realizes he only has $83. (laughs) It's funny that he has $83, but... Somehow he thought he just had a crisp $100 bill in his wallet. Yeah, I feel like that's just classic Michael. Yeah. Even if he didn't, even if he knew he didn't have a crisp $100 bill, I feel like he'd still open with that and then just go it's from true. there. Right. Like with the Springsteen tickets. Did yep. he ever have those tickets? No. Yeah, pretty sure not so much. No. So he places his $83 behind the plaque. And he's doing this just as Daryl is walking by into his office to work on the carpet some more. And it's at that moment that Michael gets uncomfortable (laughs) leaving the money on the plaque. So he clips it to Jim's monitor. Yep. He says uh, Michael's going to take Jim's clients, since he's not here, out of sight, out of the contest. (laughs) Phyllis asks... You're going to compete against this? Oh, it is on, Phyllis. It is so on. It is so on. (laughs) (laughs) Michael's going to wipe the floor with us. (laughs) Dwight, I love how enthusiastic he gets about this stuff. Oh, yeah, he loves it. It's great. Get to see the master at work. (laughs) So we cut to Jim. Going to the annex break room for lunch, but literally every seat is taken. And Pam and Roy are sitting next to each other, laughing it up. Discouraged, Jim leaves to go elsewhere to eat his lunch. Mm -hmm. Sad Jim. Bummer. So we cut to Michael on the phone. (laughs) He's saying, so you have 40 boxes going out, and I will deliver those personally in a Sebring. (laughs) Very good doing business with you. Thank you. It's ridiculous that he thinks he can fit 40 boxes of paper in a Sebring. I never thought about it until even right now talking about it with you. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd say maybe three or four boxes max can fit in there. Yeah. If you fill the back seat and the trunk and the seat next to him. Maybe six. Yeah. There's (laughs) ten reams of paper per box. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? Let's do the math. What is the average weight? <laughs> Are you going to see how much uh, how much paper that would be? How many individual units of inventory is that? <laughs> so a single ream weighs five pounds. And a box has ten reams? Yeah. So that's a 50-pound box. So 50 times 40, it's 2,000 pounds. So 40 ten, boxes if each box reams. weighs 50. Oh, you're right. So... 2,000 pounds. His, his car with 2,000 pounds of paper in <laughs> a Sebring convertible. That's amazing. I think that might weigh more than the car itself. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I guess hypothetically he could deliver it all personally in a Sebring. Just how many trips is that going to be? <laughs> right. 
10 trips. <laughs> so Michael's a man of his word. Yeah. Michael gets up and starts doing another celebratory dance. He uh, has a sticky note with his sail on it, and he sticks it to Phyllis's forehead. It says, look at me, Phyllis, look at me, Phyllis. What is that? That's my sail! Doesn't he also sing out, read it and weep? Yeah, <laughs> read it and weep. And he's doing this really pompous, obnoxious dance in front of Pam's desk. Just as Roy and Daryl are walking in with the new carpet, and Daryl asks, well, what, do you, what is that you're doing there? What is that? I think that was they're walking out with the old carpet, actually. Yeah. Are well, they not? Yeah. Either way. They have a roll of carpet between them. Right. And uh, Roy says, oh, I think he's dancing. <laughs> Michael says, that's uh, none of your concern. It's official business. <laughs> Daryl says, paper business? Michael says, yeah, paper business. Hey, are you, you guys done with this here? What's going on? And Roy says, nope. Michael says, <laughs> man, the guys on Extreme Home Makeover can finish an entire house in an hour. If you guys were on that crew, you'd be fired like that. <laughs> <laughs> and uh we cut to roy and daryl in michael's office with the blinds closed i also saw real quick before we move on yeah. that apparently there is actually uh no real show that's called extreme home makeover right. it's like home makeover extreme edition or something well there's no real show in america called that. right in europe there is one. right maybe it was a reference to the british version could be yeah Back when Britain was still part of Europe. <laughs> Either that or, you know, it's Michael Scott. He likely just got the name wrong. Right. Yeah. That was my thinking. Yeah. More confessions of a call girl. <laughs> I watch queer as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, we cut to Roy and Daryl, Michael's office, with the blinds closed. Roy is sitting with a beer, and Daryl is napping, use, using the rolled-up carpet as a pillow. <laughs> Uh, we cut to the water cooler where we see Creed and Oscar talking about who left that thing in Michael's office. And they both admit that they thought the other person did it. <laughs> and they quietly snicker about it. And you see Michael notice out mm -hmm. of the side of his eye. We get a talking head with Michael explaining, this was no act of God. A person did this. <laughs> a person who works in this office. Maybe all of them. And... This is the point in the episode that bugs me a little bit. Really? Yeah, because up until this point, to everybody in the bullpen, Michael hasn't seemed that affected by the fact that somebody left this thing in his office. Right. And there's really nothing that's taken place narratively that would clue them in that all of a sudden Michael thinks somebody in the office did it and that he's upset about it. So it's just weird to me that all of a sudden there's this shift in mood and that everybody's on board with it at once. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I definitely feel you. So anyway, moving on from here. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good point. Yeah. We see Michael back at his desk and he decides to cancel the sales contest. Says it's not a good day for it. Pam says, that's not fair. Michael says, you want to talk about fair? Anyone want to smell my old carpet? I think that picking the day was sort of taking advantage anyway. <laughs> Dwight says, but you're the one who picked today. 
I know, but I'm a victim of a hate crime. Stanley knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not what a hate crime is. Well, I hated it a lot. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I, you know, what, if the guilty person would just come forward and take their punishment, we'd be done. There's an awkward silence. Everyone kind of shifts around in their seat, looking around to see if anyone's going to take the heat. And no one does. So Michael says, very well, then you're all punished. Pam asks what their punishment is. He says, you're all in a timeout. Just sit there quietly. (laughs) Phyllis's phone rings and she goes to reach for it. And Michael says, no, no. (laughs) Phyllis doesn't answer the phone just lets it continue to ring i also want to point out and mention did you notice stanley in the shot when phyllis goes to answer her phone no stanley even though michael just declared them to be in timeout and they have to sit quietly he's already got his elbows on his desk and he has his chin in between both of the palms of his hands and his eyes are completely shut and he just has the most peaceful expression on his face (laughs) i love it (laughs) super on board for that's it. all stanley wants all day every yep. day <laughs> just peace and quiet and sitting <laughs> that's amazing uh then we get a really brief shot of michael in the annex break room all by himself just arms crossed in the corner of the room mm-hmm. sitting there and uh we see jim running to ryan in the main break room and jim has an awkward question for him he says what do you think about kelly <laughs> ryan says well, if you like a little junk in the... I also, I like that, yeah, before he starts saying that, his eyes, like, light up. Like, he's finally having a conversation that he's not hating being a part of for once at work. That's true. Yeah, I didn't really think about that. But... Yeah, it's just, like, the real Ryan coming through yeah. very briefly. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And uh, before he finishes the phrase, junk in the trunk, he switches gears and says, yeah, no, she's really cool. Yeah, well, he looks up right after. he's First, he's looking at Jim as he's excited, and then he yeah. glances over Jim's shoulder and sees the camera pointed at him. And right. Then, yeah, he's, immediately then he changes his course, like, oh, yeah. Yeah, she's, she's really cool. Like, <laughs> she said <say> something? <laughs> Jim says she said a lot of things. And Ryan says he'd be interested, but wants to know if, you know, she's looking for something long-term or is cool with just, you know, hanging out. Do you think that's what she wants? Jim's like, ah, I don't, I have no idea. And Ryan asks Jim if he could ask for him. And Jim reluctantly says, sure. <laughs> Poor Jim, you know, he's been wanting to hang out with Pam all day. Has been like hating life in the office without her. And now he's thrust into middle school. And now, Yeah. Not only that, but like he's in the middle of these two people who are using him to get them together to to fulfill their love interests when Jim yeah. is powerless to fulfill his own in the current Indeed. moment. So it's like this weird... Or at least lust interests. Yeah. For one of the parties. Yes. Uh, so... For both. From here we cut to Jim at his annex desk with Kelly, assuming that... Jim was trying to feel out what kind of relationship that Kelly was looking for with Ryan. Mm -hmm. And Kelly says, oh, long term, for sure. Fall in love, have babies. (laughs) But don't tell him that. Tell him, you know, I'm down for whatever. 
I'm not like a slut or anything, but who knows? <laughs> this is the scene where also at this point, what I pointed out earlier, Kelly is just completely sitting yeah. at her desk. Just, yeah. It's true. Yeah. Her feet are on her chair. Not even pretending to work anymore. Yeah. Sitting on her desk. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we cut to Creed. He walks into the annex break room where Michael's still sitting. And Michael asks Creed if he remembers Ed Truck. Creed says, yeah, he hired me. How's he doing? How should I know? I thought you might. <laughs> My biggest fear is turning into him. Michael, you should have much bigger fears than that. <sighs> I wasn't talking literally Creed. Yeah, being buried alive would be worse. Happy? Why am I talking to you? <laughs> <laughs> and Creed walks away. It's funny because that's like the most lucid conversation I think we ever see Creed have. Yeah, that's it's definitely up there. Yeah. Maybe lucid's not the right word. Sensical. Yeah, because sensical works. I feel like he has a lot of lucid conversations. Yeah. The content is where the problems <laughs> yeah, arise. Exactly. Jim. <laughs> I'll sit you up with my daughter. <laughs> I'm engaged. I thought you were gay. I thought I was gay. Why'd you want to set me up with your daughter? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> And from here, we get a clip with Michael meeting Ed Truck. Ed, hi, thanks for meeting me. <laughs> Must be kind of neat coming back. Yeah, should we go upstairs? Uh, well, honestly, Ed, I really don't want to be up there right now. So, what's the problem with my pension? Oh, no, 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 you're good. It was clerical. You're good. Um... Well, somebody did something in my office, and I now think that they did it on purpose, and it was directed at me. But what was done? I didn't get a good look at it, but it smells horrible. Yeah, somebody once did that in my office. Really? Well, that figures. So, how did you deal with people not liking you? You can't expect to be friends with everybody. Well, you sure I can. No, they'll always think of you as a boss first. Not necessarily. You can love a boss like you do a father. I'm not sure that ever happens. Well, okay. Different management styles. Why can't your workers be your workers? Family be your family, your friends be your friends. Last week I would have given a kidney to anyone in this office. I would have reached right into my stomach and pulled it out for them. But now, no. I don't have the relationship with these people that I thought I did. I hope they ask. So they can hear me say, uh, no. I only give my organs to my real friends. Well, get yourself a monkey kidney. <laughs> get yourself a monkey kidney. I also like that Michael thinks his kidneys are in his stomach. Yeah, reach into my stomach. Oh. <laughs> also a really great I, I feel like the first couple times I watched the show I never really caught the whole uh, oh well that figures oh yeah line. Ed, that somebody like, did it in his office yeah well of course somebody would do it to you but I mean we're talking about me now and I like that considering what we find out shortly in the episode narratively speaking we can assume we know who did it to Ed's office as well right yeah and, why not? <laughs> We've been getting hints about it all throughout the episode. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's too bad this is the only time we see Ed in the series. Agreed. We hear about him a lot more. Right. Especially after his kappa was detated. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Ed Truck, Ed Truck is played by Ken Howard. 
Let's find out about Ken. Let's. Another Ken. Look at that. Who's the other Ken? Oh, Ken our favorite Quipi, Ken. Our course. favorite B Ken. Can... Yeah. It's an off day for me, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> so, Ken Howard is best known for his role as Thomas Jefferson in 1776, a musical drama film, and as a basketball coach and former Chicago Bulls player Ken Reeves in the television show The White Shadow. Interesting. Yeah. He won the Tony Award for Best Feature Actor in a Play in 1970 for his performance in Child's Play. Hmm. And he later won the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Supporting Actor in a miniseries or movie for his work in Grey Gardens in 2009. Wait, what? So he's halfway to EGOTing? Ed Truck? Yeah. Wow. I know, right? Who would have thought? I know. And it's funny you bring up EGOTing because he plays the owner of the network in the later seasons of 30 Rock. Wow. He's the guy with the mustache. Yeah, like, no, the second you said it, I instantly know yeah. who he is. I didn't I didn't put that together until I was doing this outline. No, I mean, he's only in this one scene of The Office. Right. So how much is he physically going to stick out to you? And it's amazing how different totally. he looks with the mustache. He does. I always felt that in 30 Rock he looked... Uh, I know you never really watched much of Malcolm in the Middle, but I always thought he looked like uh, his brother's boss. Uh his older brother? Yeah. Yeah. Was that Neil Patrick Harris? No, but he looks a lot looked like, like Neil, Neil Patrick, Patrick Harris. Harris. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I feel like he's probably a little younger. Yeah. Man, imagine how much better that show would be if that was Neil Patrick Harris. Yeah. I mean, I, I like the old brother was pretty good. He did do a good job in yeah, that show. I like that character. I like yeah. all. But yeah. yeah. He was elected president of the Actors Union, uh, the Screen Actors Guild. Wow. In September 2009 and reelected to his second term in September 2011. And he was the last president of the Screen Actors Guild and the first president of the newly formed Screen Actors Guild dash American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. Apparently those unions merged. Huh. But he remained a president. SAG-AFTRA. And he was reelected again in 2015. And I believe he is still the president of that union. Wow, Ed Truck. Yeah. Do you think he manages the style of let your coworkers be your coworkers, your friends family be your family, and your friends be your friends? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Good management style. Yeah, and he has an extensive resume for feature films and Broadway productions. Most of most of the films predate my time really getting into films. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I feel like that's probably why neither of us really knew much about him. But it right. sounds like he's quite the heavy hitter. Yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah, still gets work today. And he's hitting up a union, so, I mean... Oh, you know what else is interesting? Sure pretty involved job. What else was interesting that I was going to bring up is he's actually not that much taller than Steve Carell. Really? But in the scene... He's, like, towering over him. Yeah, and I think that was done on purpose to uh, establish somewhat of, like, a, I don't know, social hierarchy, power dynamic kind of thing. Where Michael is still like going to Ed Truck for right. advice and guidance, and yeah, interesting choice by even if he's calling him in, Victor Nelly Junior. Deceitful means to get him there. Yeah. So, so what's, what's going on? What's going on with my pension? 
Oh, it was uh, nothing. It was clerical. clerical. Yeah, it's fine. You're fine. <laughs> I love the expression on Ed Truck's face, too, that he knows that that's just a complete line of BS. Oh, yeah. And it's just not even worth going into. Right. <laughs> I'm sure nobody's, you know, looked into Ed Truck's pension in five years. You know, it's just been... Yeah. And, I mean, clerical, it's just one of those catch-all things you can say when you... <laughs> yeah. I feel like The Office is chock full of lots of those. David Wallace, I feel like he... Yeah, has a lot of lines that are great. They're just a lot of moving pieces here. Yeah, <laughs> stuff like that. that so doesn't true. really mean anything, but it's all right. you need to say. Executive speak. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Before I jump into this, so when the last clip we showed transitions into a talking head with Michael, hmm. he says the line, "You know, I used to think that I had a real relationship with these people." Uh, and as he's saying that you see jim in the break room trying to wave to pam and pam just darts out the door without uh, seeing jim or saying goodbye to him catch that yeah i didn't either until uh i was doing the outline and i was like oh it's an interesting little cut scene to show during that line yeah so yeah just wanted to point that out so pam left early which we learn about later Mm mm-hmm so Jim, feeling forgotten by Pam and disappointed in her first day back after a lengthy absence, calls Brenda from the booze cruise <laughs> to ask her out. It's Jim from the boat. <laughs> I uh, got your number from the directory. Yeah. And, I mean, I imagine you wouldn't have given your number for the directory unless you wanted me to ask you out. So, yeah. Give me a call back sometime. You can find my number in said directory. Or check your email, because I just sent you one. A little much. Yikes. Come on, Jim Bag. <laughs> yeah. Real awkward message. Yeah. For a woman that you ostensibly never spoke a word to, or had a word spoken right. to him. And I would imagine Brenda lives in New York, if she works for corporate. Right. He's really reaching here. He's really reaching. Yeah. And he asks out this person that he seemingly doesn't know at all the only experience she has of knowing him is seeing him bring a girl to a boat office event and then break up with her right <laughs> and like her off that's assuming that she was that privy to everything going on on the boat yeah this is even if she noticed any of that because yeah. like why is she there in the first place is to right. watch michael speak right we, we never see her interact with jim yeah or anybody else just michael right yeah a very weird choice for Jim here. I mean, this honestly, is the only other woman that he's met. I'm this just entire I'm at, time somehow. If I, if I were in his shoes, I would at least try to like rekindle something with Katie before asking Brenda out. No, but, I think it's over with Katie. Well, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. A W E. So from here, we cut back to Michael in the bullpen, and we have a clip. Yes. Hello, yes. I'm looking for a gay nerd named Michael Scott. Who is this? How did you get this number? Your mom, you gay nerd. Oh, my God. <laughs> Packer. Packster. Wacky Pack, how you doing? Hey, listen, did you get that package I left for you? Uh, no. Did anybody see a package here today? No. How big was it? No, it was pretty big. Really? Yeah. Did you see a big package? Where did you leave it? Left it in the middle of your office. Really? Guys, did you see a big package in my office? 
You mean the thing? Are you kidding me? Oh, that was Packer. Oh, you're uh, you are dead. You are dead, my friend. That is hilarious. Oh God! Of course it was you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh my God! It was Packer. It takes an advanced sense of humor. I don't expect everybody to understand. It was done out of love, just like I thought. It's, uh, God, these people are so, these are good people. We have fun. <laughs> we just have fun. Oh, I'm just so sorry that I threw the thing out. <laughs> what would he have done with it if he didn't throw it yeah, out? Yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. All of the relief, too, of just... Knowing that it right. wasn't one of his underlings. Yeah. It was done out of love. <laughs> and I love that after punishing everybody in the office, even though it wasn't like a crazy harsh punishment or uh -huh. anything, but like he expects everybody to just like laugh along like, oh, can you guys believe this? It was Packer. Oh, will somehow find it not disgusting now that it was Packer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It takes an advanced sense of humor. <laughs> I love that that's how he phrases it too. I know. <laughs> Oh, Michael. <laughs> and how did he not know it was Packer from the get-go? Well, out of sight, out of contest. Yeah, fair enough. All right, well, now it's quitting time. Everyone's leaving. Jim's got his stuff all gathered up, and he walks over to his desk, sees that he's got some voicemails waiting for him. He also looks pretty bummed out in general. Oh, yeah, this was not a good day for him. No. Couldn't have lunch where he normally eats it. Didn't get to interact with Pam almost at all. Mm -hmm. After he's been waiting to for 10 days. Was forced to interact with Ryan and Kelly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, rough day for, for Jimbo. Mm -hmm. But it's about to get a lot better. Sure is. And here's why. You have seven unheard messages. Hey Jim, it's Pam. I keep looking up to say something to you, and then Michael's there, and it's horrible. Anyway, I'm bored. Come back. Hey, guess what? I moved my computer so I can't see Michael's head. It's working. I think I can have a career as a very specific type of decorator. <laughs> Sudoku, level moderate, time 18 minutes. Suck on that, Halpert. I'll transfer you. Dunder Mifflin, this is Pam. Hold, please. Dunder Mifflin, this is... Okay, sorry. Michael was standing at my desk and I needed to be busy or who knows what would have happened, so thank you. Hey, what's that word we made up for when you have a thing stuck in your shoe? Anyway, I have a thing stuck in my shoe. Hey, I have a chance to sneak out of here early and I'm not messing this up, so I'll see you tomorrow. Calling from my cell phone. I don't know if you guys figured out who did that to Michael's carpet yet, but I have a theory that involves an interdepartmental conspiracy. Everybody in the office. We need to talk. Oh, Pammy. <laughs> Very sweet. Yeah. A couple things, though, that strike me. Mm -hmm. One, uh, that's a ton of voicemails for one day, and it seems like she reached out to try to talk to Jim way more than she spoke to Roy the entire day, mm -hmm. which, uh, if anything, that's just sweet and shows that she's kind of in love with him without realizing it. True. Another thing, Jim hasn't checked his messages the entire day. How effective... Was he at being a salesperson while he was in the annex? Besides Kelly talking to him nonstop. That's a good point. Um, 
How does Pam not know the extension to that desk in the annex? Also, a very good point. She is the receptionist. Yes. Yeah. She could have even just poked her head back there if she wasn't sure which desk Jim was at. Many a time. Yep. Many a time. Or just gotten up and walked the 40 feet to the annex. Yeah. Um, There's one other thing that struck me. Oh, that I really want to know what Pam's idea of an interdepartmental conspiracy that involves everybody in the office shitting on Michael's carpet looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Do they pass around a cup? Do they all just take turns? (laughs) Ooh. What's involved in this plan that Pam's concocted? God, Pam's you, mind goes to a dark place when Jim's not there for the day. I can honestly say I've never thought about any of those <laughs> things. Now I'll never forget. Oh. <laughs> Happy to help you, Rob. Yeah, thanks a lot. Yep. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. All right, you ready to move on to ratings? Sure. Ratings. Burp, burp. <laughs> I guess it's on me. Um, you know, at first I was thinking that maybe the rating that I decided I was going to give was too generous. And then after talking about it with you, it's going to stick with it. Yeah. I feel like it, it brought me, it made me like the episode a little more than I formerly did because I never loved it. It was one that when it'd come up with the rotation, I would just kind of sigh and not skip it, but power. I was never thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, and again, even in rewatching it, it's still nothing really wowed me, but I, I think that I've gained some appreciation for certain things in our conversation. Okay. So all things considered, I'm going to give this episode seven and a half out of 10, 107th callers. Nice. To, yeah, Rock 107, Froggy (laughs) 107, whatever it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's solid, and there's some things that the episode does that I really like. I like that we get Kelly's character really established for the first time, um, and kind of her nuances. We get the beginning of what's going to be Kelly and Ryan kicking off. We get to see Ed Truck, who's apparently one of the most accomplished people in Hollywood, as we now have learned, <laughs> or I have now learned. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, it does a lot of things right, but I still feel like just... It's mostly just everyone kind of sitting around as Michael speculates who could have done that. There's not a whole lot going on in this episode. Yeah. Besides that. All right. So yeah, that's that's my feelings. You got a you got an MVP? I do. I think I'm going to give it to Kelly this episode. Hey, me too. Nice. Yeah. yeah I feel like it's just the first time we really get to know her. Right. And, uh, she comes out of her shell and you she's know, fun. And, you know what's funny to me is it's almost like. That Kelly has been there this whole time, but she's just been waiting for somebody to latch on to that she can talk their ear off. Yeah. And, and there hasn't work. There hasn't been that situation yet. No. So I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. And I, I feel like it also is kind of one of the last times I can think of that we see somewhat conservatively dressed Kelly. Like I feel like she's still dressed kind of business professionally in this episode. And yeah. Over time, it just gets more and more casual that's all about to go out the window yeah a little more out there yeah she's gonna be high styling from here on out yeah yeah 
And I'm yeah, I'm glad we'll get to see more of Mindy Kaling because she's great. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if maybe she was just too focused on the writing to you want to give herself much of a role in each episode. Um, I would imagine it's difficult being in the writer's room and writing stuff for yourself because it's like you don't want to seem like you're giving your character preferential treatment. Yeah. Yeah. There's that. I always wonder how they feel on SNL about you know, the staff writers that then become cast members but continue to be staff writers and write themselves major uh, yeah. parts <laughs> like T- every other skit. Tina Fey. Yeah, Tina Fey is the main one coming to mind. And I love Tina Fey, and she's great. Yeah. But uh, I have to wonder how everybody else that's desperately trying to suckle at the Lauren Michaels teat <laughs> success feels about that. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry to get gross with it. No. All right, well, I guess it's my turn. Yeah. For the rating. On that Lord Michael Teat note, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I give this episode seven monkey kidneys out of ten. (laughs) Monkey kidneys, huh? Monkey kidneys. (laughs) You save your your kidneys for your real friends? That's right. Not this episode? Not this episode. No, I, you know what's funny is I was actually going to give it a six and a half. Okay. Just upon first first watch this mm-hmm. time around. I usually do a watch without taking notes and like keeping mental notes of like what I'm gonna clip. And then I go through, do the outline and clip things as I'm going. Mm-hmm. Um interesting. Yeah. So on my first watch through I was gonna give it six six and a half. But I feel like after doing the outline and there's a certain aspect of this episode where you see Michael kind of getting back to his roots a little bit and that's kind of fun to watch as he's going around the office razzing everybody and doing the sales competition and charlie horse charlie horse <laughs> yeah stuff like that like yeah that's that, fun that was a fun aspect for me original i mean the you know seven's not that much higher than a six and a half but i think i gave it seven and a half you did but i was saying i was gonna give it oh, a six I and see. a half right 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 but that aspect of seeing Michael, of what he may have been like back in the day, was what made me change my mind. But I still take points off for that one, just that mood change that the office as a whole just seems to accept without any real indication as to why Michael all of a sudden has a change of heart. Right. Yeah. It just seemed a little off to me. I mean... Yeah, I feel you. But at the same time, I would raise just the potential challenge to that, that Michael seems to be a fairly volatile person when it comes to his emotions. It's true. So they might be at least more used to someone drastically shifting emotion and tone with Michael, yeah. more so than most real people in the real world would be, at least. I, I guess... Raise I, that potential defense. I guess I just felt from a writing perspective, it didn't come across very well fair enough yeah and at the same time this is actually very closely based off of a uk office episode i was reading that where chris finch the outside salesman uh i guess photoshops david brent's face onto a pornographic image maybe a homosexual pornographic image if i remember correctly i think so i I know i've seen it but it was a real long time yeah exactly and uh David Brent is really bent out of shape 
throughout the episode until he gets a phone call from the salesman and mm-hmm. finds out that it was the salesman that did it. So there could be, you know, maybe some of that. It's just like, I don't know. Just felt a little, a little lazy on the writing front from my perspective. Damn. Shots fired at Paul Lieberstein. No, I mean, I, you know, old as ice, Rob. Critics, critics are the worst, and this part of the episode I have fun with, but at the same time, I totally understand that I could not fill the shoes that Paul Lieberstein is occupying. So I heard you, Rob. You said you're better than Paul Lieberstein. <laughs> no, I'm just <laughs> trying to keep things you in, said you in should perspective. Have this episode, and you should have played Toby. <laughs> That's what you said when we started this. Tonight. No. <laughs> That would be a fun character to play in the show, though. It would. Yeah. But yeah, good episode. Not great. Yeah. You know, coming off the high of the injury, the booze cruise, even the secret, you know, this is a bit of a fall from grace, but. I have to share with you that right when you said good, not great, I got a very vivid image in my mind of Rain Wilson with his nose stuck in Michael's mouth as he intensely breathes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good not great good not great <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh we've got so many more good moments coming up i'm i'm excited me too yeah actually looking through the le- the rest of the season we've got some really great episodes coming up and not any duds so it's true this is really the last somewhat kind of a dud of the season my opinion yeah i agree with you they're all yeah they're all bangers from this yeah. point on out can't wait yeah hope you're excited too paper people maybe we'll have to revise our one to ten rating system if every episode from this one on out is going to be somewhere between an eight and a ten maybe at the very end eight point two seven six <laughs> yeah i was gonna say maybe <laughs> at the very end we'll go through and figure out what our lowest rating was and what our top rating was and yeah adjust the scale from there i feel like our rating system is really going to come back to bite us if we ever decide to you know just go back through and jot down what the ratings were for each episode we've done yeah and then if we try to do a top 20 list for each of us and we see that you know in some cases i feel like we're gonna have episodes that we rated higher than another episode be you know lower on the list for whatever reason when we're coming up with that oh yeah i look forward to the beautiful chaos right (laughs) yeah this is a very loose system we don't really put that much thought into the number we pick no at least i mean i would say i reserve my tens for like the really choice office episodes though yeah no i I feel like i try to put thought into it when i do it but having said that there's no you know master scale that i'm referring to it really has a lot to do with how i feel yeah that day right (laughs) So take it with a grain of salt, people. That's all we're saying. Never know. Yeah. All right, everybody. I think that's about all we got for you. I think it is. Yeah. All right. Woo. Yeah. Hit us up on social media. Don't forget to rate and review us. Rate us. Still got some stickers to give out. We do. We sent some out. Hopefully the people we sent them to have gotten them. If you haven't yet and we told you that you will... Keep an eye out. They should be showing up soon. As far as I know, I think we sent out all the ones we promised. Don't hold your breath. 
Uh-oh. No, I'm kidding. We did. All right. Well, half of us <laughs> sent out all those stickers we promised. It's all within the hands of the United States Postal Service now. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, I also... Honestly, I... I also I've, went through them, so... I've never had... I don't think I've ever had a bad experience with the USPS. I've even had packages lost or delivered to the wrong address that eventually made their way back to me. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I've done a lot of buying and selling of records online. Nice. And all of the I don't think a single record of mine that I've sold has ever been lost. So. Oh, wow. Keep it up, postal service workers. Yeah. Doing a great job. You are. Yeah. The thankless job, but here we are thanking you. Yeah. Thankless no more. <laughs> All right, everybody. We will catch you next week. Peace out, people. Take it easy. Whiskey bottles and brand new cars. Oak tree in my way. There's too much coke and too much smoke. Look what's going on inside you. Out of Paper is not endorsed by DLD Productions or NBC and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The Office, the Office logo, and all character, pictures, and audio of The Office are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their registered copyright holders.